Good morning, Cheer City Church. How are you doing today? <laughs> Look, I'm so glad you joined us for our guests. Those who are here for the first time, I'm Dave, and I have the privilege of pastoring this wonderful group of Christ followers. Another cold morning. Well, I thought we'd come in today, be 50, 60 degrees. What a crazy place that we live here. But really, I'm glad to be here. And, you know, uh, for uh, every several weeks, maybe uh, every other month, it, it happens here in our new building. It, it would happen at the Gardner Cinemas. I would be in a, my place of preparation where I kind of get it together. Uh, here it's in a room, one of two rooms. At the cinema, I'd be kind of holed off in one of the other cinemas somewhere. And I, I'd come out, you know, I'd be kind of prompted to come out and just walk around and, or something would bring me out, some task or responsibility question. And like I said, every couple of months, I'd stop and I'd just look around and, and I would be like in awe, you know, because I'd see people coming to and fro, you know, helping, serving, laughing, chatting, engaged, interacting with one another. And I would say, wow, you know, what a beautiful sight. And then I would look a little bit more intently, you know, as I'm processing all of this. Um, and I would look at a particular person and think, look at them. Look where they are right now. Man, if they could see what I see, you know, how much better their life has gotten. Uh, first and foremost, I, I, they didn't know Jesus, and now they're trusting in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, right? What a wonderful thing. Uh, and, and other areas of their lives, being their pastor, I have this, um, this privilege of being able to glean into people's lives and see how it's changed for the better, work and marriage and just who they are within themselves. And, and I can recall some of them maybe weeks or, or months usually, or even years, sitting across a table from them and seeing them talk to me, sometimes for the first time, sometimes you know, out, out in the city somewhere or out in some neighborhood or in their homes and sitting across the table and they're talking to me and their face is just filled with pain. I mean, it's all over them. Some tears welling up, up in their eyes sometimes, sometimes tears pouring down their face. And look at them now, wow, talking, laughing, helping, there to serve and care for others, giving generously. People who are steeped in, in being selfish and proper, now they're giving, they're caring, they're serving. Wow, and they are doing this all to love God. And I stand there for a few minutes and I am just amazed at what I'm seeing. And then I start to think about some time, a memory, and that memory brings me to this really deep place within myself. It's like I'm in a room and there's everything going on, but I'm like in a twilight zone. And I'm just deeply coming to a place of realization of God's faithfulness. Like that moment, if they said, like they could tell me that if you, if you don't say you'll believe in Jesus, we'll chop your head off, chop my head off. I could do it, you know? Like, what would you do? Yeah, I could do, I could do anything for God in this moment because he is just so true and real to me right now as I take in his faithfulness and, and his mercy. 
and how good he is and how he's a God who fulfills his covenants and his promises. And, and the memory that's connecting all this for me is that time that I've shared with you. I won't go into the details today when it was just me and I'm sitting there in Gardner in a gas station, Dunkin' Donuts parking lot and I've got my Bible on one on my lap and I've got a composition book over here opened up and, and, and I've, just, I've just chosen to start this morning and it's really early in the morning, you know, to just sit there and I want to talk to God, you know, and, and I want to read his word and let that resonate in me and, and I'm going to read his word and then as I read his word, I'm just going to go to him and I'm going to just thank him, you know, what is it that I'm reading is just going to, whatever it is, it making me, stir me to be thankful to God. And, and then I want to ask him for forgiveness and then I want to praise him and then I want, to, I want to realize who he is to me. I want to share with him my needs. I want to realize my needs, what I need and how he's fulfilled that. I want to thank him. And then after all that, I just want to sit calm. I've decided I'm going to do this. And when after I do all that fervently, I'm going to just sit there. That all of this is going to bring me to this place of just hearing God. That he would speak into my life. I'm going to be quiet now and hear God. And you know, he did. He spoke to me. I could never have imagined that he would speak to me so vividly, so clearly. I, I'm, I'm rather conservative and careful, so I, I, I always pause and say, I heard the audible voice of God. But I would say that it was, very, it was very clear and specific in the words that came into my heart and mind, and it was so far from anything that I have thought of before. And it was so in context, and God was telling me that he wanted me to start a church in Gardner. So that those in the greater Gardner region, right? That those in the greater Gardner region would come to have salvation. Salvation that is only available through trusting and believing in Jesus Christ. That same salvation that I had that I knew was worth more than anything else that I had. That people in this region they needed it as well. And I was to start, in Christian, I were to start a church. Now, there are many details that I could give you, some of them that I won't hear that would really make you think, wow, you must have really heard from God to, keep, to go ahead and do what you did after that. But what I want you to know is that this church, the very beginning of it, how it was started, how it came to be, it came from prayer. Prayer came first. <laughs> when people's lives are being changed, everything you see, and it's beautiful. I mean, we are an active church. There's a lot going on here. And there's more to come, right? And it's cool, it's attractional, it's missional, it's meaningful, it's incarnational, it's wow. But everything began with prayer began with a heartfelt, sincere, relational prayer. And we still build on prayer. Every morning, 8.30 in the morning, every Sunday morning, there's a group of people across the hall in a room praying. They were praying for you when you got up this morning. 
When you got up this morning, you thank God, they are praying for you. You got up this morning and talked trash to somebody in your family, they are praying for you. <laughs> well, people, they're, they're praying. They're, they prayed for our time here this morning. 21 days of prayer, kicking off the year. Monday through Friday, people coming in here at 6 to 7 o'clock. Every single morning, 6 to 7 o'clock in the morning, we end our prayer by praying for you. You, right there, you, you, you. We prayed for 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 every single one of you. That's how we concluded our times. We concluded every single time here, Monday through Friday. And that's here. And then people met in homes, and they prayed. And they prayed for the church, and they prayed for you. You're the church. They prayed for you. So we build every prayer first. And that's what this series is about. That's what this series first is all about. That's what 21 Days is about. That's what we're focusing on. First, above all, is to pray. Pray first. What a simple way, but powerful way to address every single part of your life. Imagine you wake up each morning and you say, good morning, Lord. I won't get up out of bed. I won't have my feet touch this, the floor unless I've had a moment with God. <laughs> Even if it's 10 seconds. And, then there, and if I can't, I won't get out of bed. And there are mornings where I can't, and I can't get out of bed. And my wife has to sit there, and she has to pray with me. <laughs> Something's up. The weight of the world is upon me. I am not well spiritually. I cannot move. I cannot get out of bed. Let's pray. Imagine, before you go to sleep, you pray. Before you eat, you pray. Before you have that doctor's appointment, you pray. Before you have that job interview, you pray. Be before your kids go to school, God Almighty, my Father, help my child to be a leader, not a follower. Protect them and provide for them and raise them up in your name. You pray. I pray all the time for my kids. My kids often won't leave my car to go to their events without me praying for them. More than, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying, it's just what they've come to you. Is it routine somewhat? Is it traditional? Yes, but we always put our own point, you know, per, per, we make it personal. Meaning it's to a point where they just feel that assurance and that comfort. They don't feel right if they don't leave our presence and there's not some connection to God going on. Meaning, let me put it this way, they value it. They've come to value that prayer. Pray first. Before I go into my practice, pray. Pray first. Every situation in our lives, imagine what your life would look like, my life would continue to look like if we would pray first. Say it with me. Say, pray first. Before I send that email, before I put up that post, before I put out that tweet, what am I going to do? I'm going to pray first. If it's starting a church, going to college, beginning this relationship, I'm going to pray first. Let's look at a verse in the Bible. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 19. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
Now, if you ever want to memorize a verse in the Bible, this would be a good one to do right here. You can start with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, and it says two words, pray continually. You got it. You're good. You're a Bible scholar, right? <laughs> How do you do that? I think there's another one that actually says Jesus wept, right? How do you do that, praying continually? I mean, like, do you have to get on your knees and just stay there most of the time? How are you going to live life by doing that? But God is calling us here. How he's, he's directing us to bathe our lives in prayer. We're going to our kids' game to watch our kids play. Basketball, baseball. I'm having a hard time watching my little girls' basketball games. Man, it, it's like watching rugby. It's crazy, right? <laughs> no, it is, man. It's the truth, right? I, I had to calm Christy down yesterday. I just want to let you know, for once, for once it happened, I was calm, and I had to, I had to tell Christy, shh, shh, just easy, easy. <laughs> Might not ever happen again, but it happened once. Got pray for my Steelers. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I just might do that. It's kind of trivial, but... No, but, I mean, you pray. You, 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 you're going to see that relative, that daughter-in-law, son-in-law, the grandpa, your mom. You pray. You pray on your way there. You, you, you're going to meet with a, a prospective employer or a job vendor or somebody you might have some sort of a, a potential business relationship with. You're going to pray on the way there. Not a tossing up, but we'll get to the house. But you're going to pray. You're going to pray first before the meeting, before you go into the presence, before the crowd, before the game. You're going to pray. And you're going to pray continually. You're going to bathe your life and everything in it and meaningful in every breath. You're going to bathe it in prayer. It's a way of your life. Here's the theme I want you to live out in 2018. Here's the theme that I want to live out in 2018. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. We got it backwards. We referred to this last week. We want to be in a mode of prayer, not create a mess that we got to run to with prayer. It's good. Look, it's good. We got a merciful God, a God of redemption. But man, come at it from the right end where God is instructing us to pray continually, to pray first. Listen, it's difficult lately. I mean, God doesn't change, but the world changes, and the world is changing, and things are getting just, I know, I guess, you know, depending on your age, you know, how much you have to compare things to, things have changed a lot very fast, and, and it's, just, it's just a peculiar, I mean, there's always been war and famine, but there's something going on that just really seems fracturing to your, to, you know, it really is unnerving. It's almost, it hinges on almost a hopelessness. If, you, if, you, if it's not that you knew God or you knew how all this ends, I could see how this could get very dark, which might attest to why we're seeing such a plethora of depression and anxiety, and not only in our country, but now it's spreading out around this world, I believe, from what I'm hearing. And, and, and there seems to be this decreasing of, a, of a morality, even at the lowest standards, right? And, and the amount of division that exists is astonishing. We've never seen anything like this. And the discord. So what do we do? What do we do with this, especially in, within our 
neighborhoods and in, in, in our country and our nation, what do we do? We pray first. That's what you do as a believer. You pray first. That's what God has called you to do, is to pray first. That's what started this church. That's what started great nations. You pray first. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. God says this. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of justice. He says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague amongst my people. He said, this is the God of justice, our holy justice. The people who have turned from him, who have ignored him, who have disobeyed him. But then he says this in verse 14, if, say with me, say if, yeah. you did good. If my people, that meaning some will, some won't, some, some are going to hang out with the locusts and go without drinking water, but, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I will heal their life. If they will humble themselves, seek my face, if they will pray, that's your role in this world, first and foremost. That's this role in this country. That's this, your role at your job. That's your role as a dad, as a mom, as a brother, as a sister, as a grandparent. That's your role as a husband, as a wife, first and foremost, is to pray. Now, some of you just aren't used to doing that. You're just not used to praying. So you just, you don't, it's like if you've done something like take vitamins and you stop, you're like, oh, you know, you, if you've done something that's really productive and really effective and, and, and you don't do it anymore, you, you have a sense that, wow, it's missing. Or if you have something and you're used to it working a certain way and it doesn't, like my iPhone, you know, that's about to get chucked, you know, you, you get it, it's not, you know, but some of you just aren't, can't even fathom and haven't done this prayer thing. Some of you have been around in faith for a long time and you're just not in the habit of really praying and bathing your lives in prayer or actually going at it continually day to day. And that's what I hope to accomplish today, that in a very basic, very clear, very, di very digestible way to give you something that you can process to when you leave here today, then you can go and you can start to pray in a way from relationship and in the depth of reality in a way that's going to just immediately, I mean like instantaneously impact your life and bring you to a better place in your relationship with God. A few months ago, we did a series called The Lord's Prayer. And it was good, and we broke down The Lord's Prayer, or the Our Father, you might know it as. We broke it down into like seven, what we call petitions over six weeks. And each petition was a particular area of the prayer. And when we were getting towards the end, I said, ah, you know, I, maybe I should have started this way, or if I would have, we would have figured out the series, we would have ended the way ended the series with like a summary, you know, like taking them all together and just quickly running through them. And that's what I want to do with you today. It's going to take this prayer, we're going to move through it quickly. You've got the notes, that's why you have these notes that all of you need. I'll be going to this today. I'll be, uh, and because I do this, what you heard that morning, by the way, that was going on in the gas station, Dunkin' Donuts, parking lot. That was kind of like my version of applying this into my life. My kids have it, not this exactly, but have a, a similar method that we've personalized 
it's scotch tape to their wall to remind them this is how they want to be seeking God, you know? And to, and to continually measure their communication and to talk God from that as well. And as do I in my Bible. For some of you, you have a blank slate when it comes to prayer, right? Meaning, this, even this whole talk about communicating with God, it's just, it's just kind of distant, it's peculiar. And, and I want to let you know here, don't feel lost. You, you might even be at an advantage, actually. You might. Because you haven't established, you know, kind of ways of communicating to God that really might be kind of clouded or that really might create kind of a, almost a barrier or an indifference to God, and, and you're really kind of stuck there, you know? And so, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of different stuff out there that came from traditions and routines, and look at the most, I think it's probably the most common or famous child's bedtime story known, right? Have you ever listened to it? I went and I looked for it, and it says, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die, whoa! What the heck is that? I mean, get the goons and the goblins out now, man, you know? If I should die before I wake, I pray to God my soul to take. Well, wow, it's just a little creepy, isn't it, you know? Something that you think, it's a little morbid, if you will. Now, I'm sure those who like, uh, have a favor a certain way for preach, approaching the faith, they would say, well, this came out of a time when fatality and death was constant and evident, and I get it, I get it. But just in our context, it's a little morbid, right? And, and you still see sometimes, you know, little, you go into Christian, you'll see these plaques about it, and, the, and you still see it out there. So sometimes prayer has been made known to us in kind of an unattractive way, a way where we don't actually stop and even think about it. We just say it, we do it. We don't grasp the meaning of it. We don't really care about the meaning of it. Just this is a good thing to do. And, and it's really, it actually comes from a decent place, an innocent place. It's just the best shot we got at somehow connecting to what we know is a God and that we want to be near. But Jesus, Jesus gave us a way, the way, the best way. And let's get to that manner and that way in 2018. Let's follow Jesus' example. And he tells us in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Now last week we mentioned that the disciples, the apostles, those, who, those men who followed Jesus, that man, they knew about prayer. They grew up watching people pray. They were taught over and over and over the prayers to say these prayers at these times every day. I mean, you could hang them upside down and put them in, in, in like, you know, in 10 gallon, in gallons of water, and they'd still tell you the prayer. And here they are looking at Jesus and like, man, what are you praying? And they're like, what is this? What are you doing? And this is good, and what do we see? It's effective. And man, what's your secret sauce, you know? Like, how are you doing this? Where is this coming from? And Jesus responds to that with what we know as the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, right? Now, we said it before, I, I didn't, and I say it again, and I want to be careful here and considerate, that Jesus never intended the prayer to be just repeating these particular words that are in the Bible over and over. It's okay if you do that. I mean, you're reading scripture, right? <laughs> it's generally a good thing. 
but it wasn't the intention. I, really, many believe, and I'm with them, that actually the intent was to get away from that because that's kind of where the apostles and the disciples were. They were repeating these particular verses and scriptures from the Old Testament over and over and over and over again, which was a, is a good inclusion of including the Word of God. But where was it coming from? What was the depth of it? How was it being lived out between them and their relationship? Was there a relationship? And so Jesus says, okay, here's how I want you to pray. And we, let's jump into the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. The Lord's Prayer is found in Luke and in Matthew. We're going to go to Matthew. And it says, verse 9, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus is saying, okay, let's start by talking to God as my Father. <laughs> let's make this personal and intimate right from the start. He's your Father. He's our Father. He wants you to know Him closely and intimately and talk to Him in such a way that you would see Him as your dearly loved, precious Father in heaven. Verse 10. Your Did he say Dada? Way to go. I'm with you, babe. <laughs> Great job. Verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, focus on God and what he wants to do in your life. Meaning focus on God and what he wants to do to build his kingdom through you is a better way of saying it. Consider you're now coming into the presence of God with the heart and the mind that you're yielded, inclined to be obedient to God for what he is looking to do. Give us our daily bread. I look to God for all my provisions. Look to God for your provisions and acknowledge that he is your provider. Again, here's the model of how you want to be approaching God. Here's the mindset. Here's what's going to be included as you're talking to God. These things, this way of thinking and talking and conversing. It's a great time to thank God. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us. Wow, these are some powerful words. I'm astonished that they were written over 2,000 years ago, and more and more they just seem to resonate and relate to how we live our lives and how powerful these words are. That we would sit before God and say, God, search me, O oh God. What is it in me that might offend you or might not be right with you? What is it that I have kind of buried? Just show it to me, God. And forgive me now. I mean, right now, just forgive me. Before we even think about doing anything, or go, just, just God, I just want your forgiveness. I, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't need to know. Just, I just want you to forgive me. Let's just start there. We run ahead of ourselves. We make things complicated. We make them distorted. We make them to be such a heavy burden. And just all we have to do is first start with praying to God and asking for him to forgive us. And God... While we're here, is there anyone that I should extend forgiveness to? I mean, God, let me just start to right now, just open my mind and my heart up to that right now. It's not like I'm going to be like, you know, it's amazing what we're doing when we're really like desperate pain. When I was having my first kidney stone attack, I was like, 
looking, I was trying to text people to, to, to tell them I forgave them. <laughs> like, I, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to die. <laughs> I, it's the truth, Christy, Jim, don't tell you. I was on the knees. I'm like, then I couldn't die. I told Christy, okay, tell this person I forgive them. Tell that person I forgive them. And of course, they brought it up to me as soon as I got better. Anyway, <laughs> truth. <laughs> but man, just, who, who, God, who, who would you want me to forgive that I could extend that to? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, there you go, dark evil. That was right on cue, man. Evil darkness. We got the baby with the our father. We got the darkness with the evil. I better not mention water. It'll get ugly in here, right? <laughs> All right, so, meaning, look, I'm going to, Lord, I'm going to get tempted today, right? Meaning, it's not if, it's when temptation comes my way. Things are going to come my way, and I am going to be tempted. I'm going to be tempted what? Most of all, of all things, tempted to sin against you, God. My father, you're my father, tempted to do something that would make me turn from you, my father in heaven, to disobey you, to disregard you. And then for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want you to think about this today. I want you to take that handout sheet that we were given out. This sheet that literally contains these verses and some extra blanks to make them a little bit lively for you, that can change your life. I know some of you had them and you're going to fill them in. Some of you are like, well, we don't need this. I know, because do you do it? When was the last time you sat before God and did that? When was the last time you sat before God and had a conversation with him as Jesus has told you to do it. Right here. If you implement what's on here, if you carry this into you this year, okay, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there's not, very, I guarantee you, if you apply this to your life, to your day in 2018, you will come towards the ending of this year with a much better way of viewing this world a much better life, stronger, and highly likely doing extraordinarily better in every area of your life. You're a husband, how dare you not do this? You're a mom, how dare you not do this? How do you like that one? Mm, right? Right here. This is what Jesus said. Why would you be following Jesus and have children and not daily, often go before your heavenly Father, in this way as Jesus instructed for your children. I'm not putting you down. I'm exhorting you. I'm instructing you. I'm just saying, hey, this is it. And I'm telling you that why. Why would I think that maybe you might be doing that right now? Tell me why. Well, yeah, I, I kind of that too. <laughs> if I loved you, I'd be there. Because I've done it. <laughs> I've done that. I've gone I've said, you know, I've, and you know when I realize it? One, when it's what? When it's too late. When I've seen it creep up in my home, in myself, in my children. And I'm, I'm trying to deal with it in certain ways and address it with certain things and that it practice. And I'm like, and then I'll, I'll be sitting here before God, and I'm like, oh, Lord, this is the problem. Here's the depth of this problem. God have mercy. God forgive me, Right? It's all about going before him. So where are we? So let's just go to it. Let's look at 
Let's jump right in and look at the first phrase in Jesus' teaching. We're going to have to move quickly. And Jesus says, Our Father in heaven. So I want you to write it down. It's there right up at the top. You need to connect with God relationally. Don't go to God as a formality, but as a reality and from a relationship. Understand that He is your heavenly Father. He does not want to be distant from you. He wants to be close with you. I often call God Father. If you're around me, you'll hear me in prayer. I almost always refer to him as Father. Lord, God, and I'm just telling you, just, and I'm doing it because I want to be close to him. I love it when my kids come close to me and want to sit next to me. I really do. More and more and more now than ever, especially as they get older. It, it, it's, it's different times, different meanings, but that they, they might say, hey, Dad, how you doing? Or, you know, they might want to come over and give me a hug, or they might want to hang out with me, or like, yeah, I'll go with you. It just means so much, right? God is your heavenly Father who so desires to be close to you. So, and it will deeply affect your relationship with God. Next thing is Jesus says, hallowed be your name. What Jesus is saying is when you approach God, when you talk with God, worship his name. Realize who it is that the depth that you're talking to, your heavenly Father, and who is he? Revere him. Recognize that he's a holy God that he's set apart from everything. Don't cloud that. Don't let anything distort that. His name is powerful. It carries a lot of weight. It's, there's authority in his name. You can speak that name into darkness, and I will. And I have. And I learned that in a really dark time in my life when I was doing something really terrible. And I'm, I, in any minute now, I am going to take this to such a horrific place that I just might spend the rest of my life in jail. Or a lot of it. And I just called up my pastor. And I just said, here's what I am, here's what I'm doing. And she said, okay, here's what I want you to do right now. You speak, the, you speak God's name. You cry out to your father, speak the name of Jesus. Speak God's name into that right now. Don't Just right now. And then when you get tired of doing that, Grab your Bible, run to your room, put it under your pillow, go under the covers, and just don't move. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's probably had like 40-something years experience, and this is it, man. This is where you need to be, right here. Just here and here, just right there. <laughs> Listen, remember his name. He's all these different names. Righteousness is his name. Sanctifier is his name. Healer is his name. Shepherd is his name. Peace is his name. Provider is his name. That's your father. My dad, different times in his life, he would own businesses. He was just good at that, starting business, getting it going. I always felt kind of cool going in there, you know? Man, this is his business. This is your father's business here. All that he is, is yours. Lord, heal me today, oh God. Heal my mind. Lord God, protect me today. Provide. Just God, you, this is who I'm talking to. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and they are safe. Jesus next wants you to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look, before you turn to God and start, you know, kind of bringing your stuff, 
And sometimes it's from a sincere place, sometimes it's a dump, whatever it is, you know, before, just consider, pause, and say, God, what is your stuff, you know? It's just such a healthy way to be. It really brings everything into alignment, you know? God knows what we need. It's good for us to profess it, but it's great when we turn to say, what? Because you know what his stuff is? Others. Pray for God's kingdom. Pray for others. <laughs> yeah, that others will know Jesus. That others will be turned to Jesus. That this one will forgive so-and-so. Meaning we want to pray for the kingdom of God that through God, he will be real, revealed, he will be glorified in people's lives. And we start to pray for others, maybe other countries, other nations, other cities, people. We're praying for others. And you know when you do that, you kind of get outside yourself. You really do. Write this down on your note sheet. Pray his agenda first. God has an incredible prayer list, and he wants to draw you closer to it. And in that is some amazing things waiting to happen in your life. Luke chapter 12, verse 13 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. God, I am focusing on your agenda. I am thinking of you, God. I pray for others. I pray for those in my church. I pray for my president. Yeah, I pray for my president. I don't call him disgusting, atrocious, horrible names, whether he's a Democrat or Republican. I pray for my president. Why? Because I am a follower of Jesus before I am anything else. I am not a citizen of this world. I am a citizen of heaven. My heavenly Father is there in the realms. In his name, by his authority, I pray for my president. I pray for this country. I pray for Democrats, Republicans, for whites, for blacks, for Arabs. For I pray first, I pray. Do you hear your pastor? I don't post, I pray. I don't get angry, I pray. I don't say, I pray. What the truth is to pray first. Let people feel that. Let them hear that. Let them sense that. You won't say a word and they will know they will sense that something is different about you, the way you're navigating the division and the discord and what's going on with this kind of a fortitude and a calmness and a sense of purpose. And that's because you have bathed your life in prayer. Instead of feeling hopeless and dark and agitated and angry and disturbed, you will, be you will have resolve and a calmness because you have prayed. Yes? Give us... Now Jesus keeps going. He says... Verse 11, give us today our daily bread. We are moving. <laughs> Ask God for your needs, right? And, and sometimes you might need it, but ask him for it anyway. It's, it's, I'll do it every now and then. You know, you know, God, I, I need a wonderful wife. I need a woman who will love me and hang in there with me and, and, and tolerate me and love me and I need, I need that, God. It's not like I need it at 22 years. I need it now, right? I'm going to need it five years from now. I'm really going to need it about 15 years from now. My kids are like, oh, my God, what's he going to be like when he gets older? <laughs> Thank you, God. I need this. Huh? Verse 12, Jesus says this, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive us our debtors. There's two parts to this verse, and it's, it's Jesus' way of saying, get your heart right with God and people. 
every day. Let, let's not become desensitized to sin, to that which is not of God. Do not do that. David said, search my heart, O God. If there, show me, reveal it to me if there's anything in me that offends you. We want to do this first with, we want to start out with being brave, meaning, okay, I might hear something or see something that I don't want to, that I might have been spending years and months just burying this. Okay, this could be hard, but I'm going to move forward. That's being brave. Once you step out before God, he'll give you the courage. Courage is, uh-oh, now I know, now it is hard. And I, it's okay, I'm ready to do this now. God has given me the courage to move forward, to sit before him and to show me that which is going on in my life, in my mind, what I'm carrying, what I'm thinking, what I've been doing, what I've been anticipating, what I'm plotting, not right, not of God, show it to me. God help me in my heart and my mind. And God, help me with others, oh God. Help me, oh God, to be right with my wife, my spouse. Help me, oh God, to be right with, in relationship with my life, oh God. Pour into me, oh God, your guidance, your direction, your wisdom, so that I can navigate this situation in a way that glorifies you and diffuses uh, anger and, and, and brings healing, oh God, and facilitates healthy, affectionate relationships, oh God, that I know you will live abundantly through. Now, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Go before God, knowing Jesus has gone before you, and get right, get whole. Worship team, why don't you come on up? Thank you. Jesus now guides us continually guides us in how we would pray. And he says in verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So look, God doesn't lead anyone into temptation. I don't know all the details, but I know uh, Pope Francis is kind of addressing this in some way. From what I hear, and again, I haven't looked at it, I think he's going in a good way, sounds. Because the actual translation here from that original Greek language, the words here is, do not allow me to be led into temptation. What we're saying is, Father, as we've said before, things are going to come my way. They don't just come your way by accident. You have an adversary. You have an enemy. And it is Satan. It is the devil. As I said before, find me somebody out there who says, I don't believe there is evil in this world. Okay? And evil comes from, it's, it's just the devil. It's Satan. God, deliver me. Help me to defeat my enemy. The, the irony is just saying that, Satan's already defeated, you know? Just you there, there having that relationship with God, speaking to God, it's the one thing more than anything else Satan would not have you do, to sit before your heavenly Father and to have this personal, intimate conversation where you're asking him, God, help me to not be led by your enemy into temptation. Imagine how much would you want as a parent, your child, to come before you and say, hey, dad, hey, mom, I want you to help me today. I'm going to school today. I'm going to college today. I'm going to my job. Just help me not to be led into things that are going to be destructive and damaging to my life and to our relationship. And you would say, excuse me, I, just, I got something. No, you wouldn't. Come on. All of us. You would just, you would be in, you would be in awe. You'd be overwhelmed. You'd be so glad, Right? And I don't care if you would consider yourself the best or the worst parent. In that moment, you had, wow, an opportunity 
to do, to do all you could to be there for your child, right? It's your heavenly father, man. He's your heavenly father. Listen, you need to defeat Satan. This is spiritual warfare. I'm not talking Star Wars. This isn't sci-fi. This is, this is life. This is everyday life. Every day of your life, you are engaged in spiritual warfare. Remember I talked before about how every day I wake up and I won't get out of bed until I just had that moment saying, Lord, I give you this day and good morning, Lord. And those days I can't and I can't get out of bed. It's spiritual warfare. And I know it. I'm feeling so down. I'm feeling so not right. I'm feeling so heavy. I've got, I, what's going on here? It, it's, it's my enemy, you know. He's gotten to me. And now I got to get to God to get him off my back. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities that are unseen in this world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places, meaning in the realms, in the spiritual realms. Listen, get in the presence of God, use his name, and confront your enemy. This is the model that Jesus gave us. And when you do this, you glorify God. You see him work through your life. You see those things in your life that perhaps you've been enslaved to, that way of being that is so hindered you from you taking a hold of what God has taken you a hold of for. God is glorified. And when you do this, you know what happens? You express faith in God's ability. Literally, within yourself, you begin to express faith in God's ability. And things simply just don't have the same effect on you anymore because you've had this experience like I talked about in the beginning when I walked out into these hallways or at the cinema and I would see what God had done in people's life. What could I do but just right there in that moment just express faith in his ability? Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 17 says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm Nothing is too hard for you. That's a great way to end your time of prayer. Right there, huh? That's a great way to end your time in prayer. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. There is nothing in heaven on earth that is beyond your reach that you cannot handle. You are a great God. Why don't you stand with me and bow your heads as we close this out. Bow your heads a bit quiet here. First, I just want to pray, God, Holy Spirit, that you'd come upon each one of us today, me, my wife, my children, my friends here on this worship team, those in the, in the media booth, oh God, every person sitting in every seat here, oh God, that you would come upon each one of us today and we would right now be resolute, resolved in our hearts and minds that we are going to pray first this year that we are going to consider Jesus. We are going to yield to Jesus' example of how to approach you, to talk to you from deep intimacy, to converse with you in such a way, oh God. And we're going to keep going at it and personalize it and customize it, but we are going to have a meaningful conversation with you, oh God, today. Lord, have your way in our hearts right now. Lord, for the one that's in here today that came in that did not know you, that was living apart from you, Lord, may they know right now that salvation is the connection to you, that you've called them in here today. You awoken them 
from where they were, oh God. God, you, you've given them right now, you, you've made them come to a place where they can be right before you, that they can turn the direction they're going in right now and move towards salvation that you've called them to, that you've made a way because of Jesus and what he's did for them on the cross, that this morning, would they put their trust and their confidence in that Jesus died for them, that their sins, which they acknowledge as a whole, are forgiven, that they are made right before God, and even in that being worked in them, that they're being changed from the inside out as they desire more of you, is that they're being freed and made whole and being drawn closer to you, O oh God, that they would surrender themselves to you right now and just say, I want more of Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Father, forgive me of those sins. That's not how I want to live anymore. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm going to yield to. That is not of you. You are my heavenly Father, oh God. And in your name, I will not live like this anymore. You are my provider and my protector, oh God. You have what I need, oh God. This is, I want to live in your kingdom, oh God. I am yours today. Have your way with me in Jesus' name. Amen.